stillness of this moment, for this is a time of mystery, a time when imagination is free and moves forward swiftly, silently. This is Island Ghost Radio! Ah, welcome everyone to Island Ghost Radio. I'm Mike Taylor. I'm Diane Castell. And I'm Erica Popino. Tonight, who is our guest, Erica? Tonight we have Mitch and Kevin from Nyack Paranormal. Yes, and they will be coming up soon. But! But, every... First. Everybody I know has a big butt. (laughs) 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 Let's talk about your big butt, Mike. I like big butts and I cannot lie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it sounded like somebody was eating potato chips in that first music clip. Yeah, I did. It sounded like, I, I thought I heard EVPs. I was thinking of cheese doodles. <laughs> that is our new intro, and it's a little crispy because it's old-timey radio. I love old-timey. Me too. Old-timey radio? Old-timey radio. Did you ever listen to those old-timey shows? Yes, back in my younger days, <laughs> when we used to huddle around the radio. <laughs> Can't say I did that. And then they came out that newfangled thing called TV. We used to hang around the soda shop during the daytime. Drinking country time lemonade. <laughs> hang around the drugstore. And eating Pepperidge Farm cookies. Because <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> Damn kids don't appreciate Pepperidge Farm. <laughs> well, actually, back then and during when they had radio shows, you had to use your imagination for scary things. Get off my lawn, kids. <laughs> How about that snow? How about that snow? You know, I'm getting a little tired of these broken promises. Last week, the weatherman promised me eight inches, and it was a really disappointing date. <laughs> <laughs> He only gave you three. <laughs> Two. Oh. Well, you, you've got to work with what you've got, Erica. <laughs> Damn Irish weatherman. <laughs> yeah, we're we're lucky that uh, you made it here because uh, it's snowing and you had to drive here to the studio. Yeah, well, I wasn't promised anything, so whatever. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I <laughs> never think, mind. I think that's a plow going by right now. Uh oh, they're plowing your car in. My truck is in the street. Yeah, we were supposed to do a show last week, but I had a wisdom tooth pulled. So I was in no condition to do a show. So, so now you got another big hole in your head. Yes, unfortunately, another big hole in my head. And my mouth was uh, full of gauze Ugh. last week. So. And you're missing more wisdom. It's true. Every time you have a wisdom tooth pulled, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> oh, no, wait. You, you l- get stupider. Yes, you get thumbers. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty smart. But yeah, my mouth was packed with gauze and I, I sounded like the godfather. Okay. So should I do my godfather impression Yeah, go ahead. You want me to get the gauze? (laughs) You killed my son, Santino. (laughs) Sorry, forget (laughs) it. That's my bad impression. No, that was pretty good. (laughs) You even had the nasally thing going. I like to investigate the paranormal because my son Santino's dead. 
You sounded like Vinny Barbarino. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Vinny Barbarino. <laughs> yeah, no, it was with a rubber hose. <laughs> Vinny Barbarino in The Godfather. I can see it. <laughs> hey, Mr. Carter. <laughs> Even. <laughs> you broke my heart, Mr. Carter. <laughs> uh, all right. Don't mess with the hair. <laughs> all right. Let's move this along. <laughs> Misplaced film clips. We received another voicemail from Jamie from Shreveport Paranormal. Oh, yeah? Is this an update? This is an update. As okay. you remember, I, I feel like Jamie should have music for this. Uh, he, he was having a he, problem with Ghost Mart, He right? needs his own theme song. Yeah. Do I have something I can play? Well, let's bring everybody up to speed. When you le- last heard about Jamie, <laughs> <laughs> he was upset for not getting, uh, what is it? He- the mail meter he ordered from Ghost Mart. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they were kind of giving him the runaround getting it, and then when he questioned it, they canceled his order. Oh, and he never got a refund. That was it. Yeah, he hadn't gotten it. Yeah. All right, here's Jamie's voicemail. Hi, it's Jamie with Shreveport Paranormal Investigations. Just calling in to let you know it's been the fourth week, and I still haven't received the refund from uh, GoSmart.com. Uh, what their problem is, if they want to say something to me about it, and they, if they don't want to call me, they're more welcome to email me at spi at prosfamily.com. I also like any listeners to the show who also have had experience to please email me because I'm going to start up a, a little section on my Ghost Hunter Group's page just to for experiences that other customers have had with that site. So if you've had a bad experience, please email me at spi at prosfamily.com, or you can let my buddies here on the show know, and they'll also let me know. Thank you. Bye. Wow. That's, that's a shame. Four well, weeks. If he put it on his credit card, he can actually dispute it with his credit card company, and they'll take the charge off and charge it back to Ghost Mart if yeah, he really I'm, hasn't gotten his money back. I'm not sure how he paid for it, but uh, it's pretty crappy. Come on, Ghost Mart. Wake up. Should we call Ghost Mart? Yes. You know what? Let me bring up their site. Let's give them a call just to see what's going on. All right. I'm on Ghost Mart's page right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not a good sign of a company keeping up with their website because it says holiday special. and <laughs> Maybe that's the President's Day special. No. Or, maybe it's a Valentine's no, It's no. the Ash Wednesday special. No. It says free shipping on any order of $100 with coupon code. And the coupon code is mistletoe. And there's a picture of a Christmas tree. I guess it's not the Fat Tuesday special. Well, is there a phone number there? Yes. Let's give them a call and see what we can. Hold on. All right. Dialing Go Smart now. Let's see. Please leave a message and we will return your call as soon as possible. Thank you for calling and have a great day. Record your message at the tone. When you are finished recording, press pound. To cancel, press star. Hi, my name is Mike Taylor. I'm with Eileen Ghost Radio. I'm calling in regards for Jamie from Shreveport Paranormal. He ordered a mel meter and he did not receive it and he was charged and he has been going on four weeks now without a refund and he keeps calling our voicemail and spreading the word and we just wanted to see uh what's going on with ghost mart are you still in business you can call 
us at 631-676-1079. I forgot the number. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Go Smart. We hope that uh, this situation gets resolved real soon. Thanks. IslandGhostRadio.com. Shameless promotion. You know, now I know why it's taken so long, because it was obviously in Great Britain. It's in England. You hear the, you hear the guy's accent? Maybe they just wanted to sound English. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Speaking of bad things in the paranormal, did you guys see about that group that decided they were going to spray paint the name of their group on the wall of the abandoned prison? Oh, I saw the picture, but oh, I hadn't read yes. the story yeah, yet. But the good thing is, and I was one of the people that sent them an email saying that like, well, that's just not cool. Give um, give the listeners a little backstory on this. What exactly happened? Uh, they were doing an investigation. They were in an abandoned prison. I don't know if it was a legal investigation or they snuck in, and they spray-painted their name. I don't know if I should say who they were, but uh, spray-painted the name of their group, the the acronym, and then actually spelled it out underneath and other people saw this, and it went up on Facebook and spread like wildfire, and everybody emailed them saying that that's just not cool, defacing property, and they make us look bad. Yeah, and they might yeah. as well have called the police on themselves. They advertised that they're probably... Yeah, so, but the latest was now they have pictures up. They actually went back there and and painted the whole wall, painted over it, and covered it up, and, and they said they apologized. Well, that's good. At least they... At least they, they took the high road and... Right yeah, thing. but that wasn't a cool thing to do. No, it wasn't. I mean, but you know what? They're in their 20s. Not that that means anything, but... Well, just remember, folks, if you're an investigator, whether you're an armchair paranormal investigator or a seasoned pro, do not go out there and vandalize or spray paint anything. If you want to leave a reflects... business card, go ahead. Yeah, leave a business <laughs> yeah, card or something. Yeah, it reflects poorly on all of us, and this is the reason why certain groups can't get into certain places anymore because of idiots well that's considered vandalism yeah it's like those jerks that well i don't think it's uh paranormal investigators but people that go into cemeteries and knock over tombstones yeah i could kill them just my yep. two cents <laughs> not arguing with you all right let's take a break and we'll come back with mitch and kevin from nyack paranormal right yes they're both scientists i can't wait to talk to them they're smart they're scientists scientists <laughs> Coming up after the break. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's if they could that. hear this, they probably wouldn't pick up the phone when we call them. Uh, well, hopefully they won't blind us with science, but we'll certainly be a lot wiser if we can learn a thing or two from them. Considering I lost a wisdom tooth, I need to <laughs> replenish that wisdom. That's right. Got to fill that hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> You're not going there? I can't believe it. I was going to say that's what she said. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Mike, when you eat, do you get like food caught in the hole and stuff and you got to like suck it out? That's a different show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will be right back. Pick it <laughs> out with a stick. <laughs> you are listening to Eileen Ghost Radio.
Yes? Hi, I'm here for the New York Ghost Tour. Sorry, we're closed. But you can come back next week. Next week? Forget that. I'll just go check out another place. Trust me, there is no place half as interesting as ours, dear. That's so not true. What about the Shanley Hotel in Napanock? Once you've been to one haunted hotel, you've been to a mall. Not like this place. The Shanley Hotel dates back to 1845, and since then it's been a hot spot for paranormal activity. Mysterious music, smells, whistling, doors opening, footsteps, almost everything you can imagine has been experienced at that hotel. It's open to the public? Absolutely. Sal and Cindy, the owners of the hotel, welcome people for regular stays or investigations, and their rates are beyond reasonable. They even offer workshops and in-house psychics. How did you learn about this place? By visiting www.shanleyhotel.com. You can get history, investigation info, and much more. Thanks, I think I will. Uh, just don't tell any of our customers. Your secret's safe with me. It's not like anyone can hear us. Yes? Hi, I'm here for the New York Ghost Tour. Sorry, we're closed, but you can come back next week. Next week? F*** that shit. I'll just go check out another place. Trust me, there's no place half as interesting as ours, dear. That's so not true. What about the Shanley Hotel in Napanock? Once you've been to one haunted hotel, you've been to them all. Not like this place. The Shanley Hotel dates back to 1845, and it's been a hot spot for paranormal activity. Mysterious music, smells, whistling, doors opening, footsteps, almost everything you can imagine has been experienced at that hotel. It's open to the public? Absolutely. And Island Ghost Radio is having an overnight ghost hunt event at the Shanley Hotel. Island Ghost Radio? I love them. Just go to islandghostradio.com and check out their events section for more info. Thanks. I think I will. Oh, just don't tell any of our customers. Oh, screw that. I'm telling everyone. Tonight, our guest is Mitch and Kevin from Nyack Paranormal. Mitch and Kevin are a father-son team interested in keeping an open mind about the paranormal. Their interest was sparked by many of the reality-based paranormal investigation shows on TV, as well as stories and experiences of friends. Scientists at heart and by profession, they found it fascinating that people are trying to search for answers about the paranormal using as close to scientific methods as possible. They also attempt to capture more than the personal experience using some basic tools such as EMF meters, digital voice recorders, digital cameras, infrared camcorders, and such. They're open-minded and would like to do more investigations of local houses and buildings as a hobby, not for profit or adventure. They want to learn to understand the phenomena as well as help you understand it. I am just not reading good tonight. Thanks for joining us, Mitch and Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, no, Kevin, Kevin's around, but I don't think he can hear us. Oh, okay. Okay. How's everybody? Good. Hi, Good. Um, this is Erica, and, and with me is also Mike Taylor and Diane Kinstell. Hello. Hello. Hi, Mitch. How's Hello. So nice is, to meet you. Thanks. Is Kevin going to be joining us? I don't know. Kevin, you want to join us? No, he's busy. Okay. He's okay. He's, uh, you know, these, these kids, they're always busy. They're always up to something. Kids today <laughs> with their rock and roll music. <laughs> and their blue jeans. Yeah, he's doing it. 
buried he's buried in his computer doing something. I don't know. I don't even want to know. <laughs> Damn kids with their Atari twenty six hundreds. So, um, Mitch, tell us what kind of scientist are you? Um, right now, I'm in uh, laboratory operations. Uh, I spent. 12 years, uh, 12, 13 years supervising clinical human genetics laboratories, wow. uh, cytogenetics and chromosome analysis and biochemistry and molecular biology. Uh, I got into the operations side of it. So right now I'm a senior uh, director of facilities and operations for a uh, pharmaceutical company, research development firm in, up in Tarrytown, New York. Interesting. Keeps me busy. Uh, and does, does Kevin do the same thing as you? Kevin is actually a uh, junior in high school. Oh, oh wow. okay. he's definitely, um, matter of fact, we were looking at colleges over the weekend. He's interested in possibly in bioengineering. Uh-huh. Wow. He's, you know, math and, math and science was. So I have to ask, um, science and the paranormal generally do not go together. Um, scientists usually frown upon uh, the whole subject. Uh, what got you started in the field? Well, my son and I were always very interested in uh, watching those TV shows. You know, we watched Ghost Hunters, uh, all the shows that are on TV, and we said to ourselves, there's got to be an explanation. I mean, we've got to find out for ourselves. So we attended a couple of events, got to meet some people, and we started gathering some of the basic basic equipment. But we took a different approach. Like if we we bought a K2 meter, we didn't buy a K2 meter because it works. We bought a K2 meter because we wanted to find out why everybody was using one. Right. So um, that just evolved from there, and we saw opportunities to try to really apply science. I mean, there really is no basis for science in this field just yet anyway. Right. There's no proof of anything. You know, you can't go out there with a K2 meter or an EMF meter or anything saying that you're going to find a spirit. Nobody has ever proven that it has anything to do with anything paranormal. Right. So um, we want to find out, so we're actually trying to develop things and test things and are you, see if we can come up with something new. Are you finding any correlation between the theories and the actual equipment? Well, you know, we're not, especially when it comes to EMF, we haven't been doing too many studies yet. Um, we haven't had a lot of success with K2 meter. We did have one really interesting session, but that was early on. A lot of people in the room don't know if there was any outside contamination. Is it the Shanley? I know we we all know and love the Shanley. Absolutely. Oh, yes. And um, we're going to hopefully be studying that a little bit more. We're, right now, we're concentrating hopefully this year on figuring out more about why and how we get EVPs. Right. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, we're, we're starting some research. We're coming up with some interesting ways of recording quadraphonic sound. I'm not going to go into too many details. We have to set up an experiment first. Um, I have a security guy writing some software. We're going to try to locate, if you catch an EVP, if we can locate where it's coming from in the room, if it's coming directly to recorders. Um, we have theories of maybe it's coming from the, the what I call the cusp between ELF and voice frequencies under the electromagnetic spectrum. Right. Now, I'm trying to that maybe there is something to... Um, using EMF meters or ELF meters because not just because everybody's using them, but they've been using them for a very long time. Um, maybe there's a correlation. I'm not sure, so I'm trying to, to convince myself that there might be theories that make sense. Now, when right you... now, we're sort of aiming at that cusp, that, that very low frequency, like on about 100, 100 hertz. Right. 
Now, when you say so, uh, me, you're going to be... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, when you said you're going to be setting up a quadraphonic uh, recording system, are you basically... Uh, to try, is that to triangulate? Uh, to like, are you going to be like using a mixing board with mics placed throughout the room? It's it's similar to that. Yeah, that's, okay. that's the basic concept. We do have like a, a, have a computer guy that wrote me a little bit of software that'll help us um, quantify the um, recording levels from the microphones and try to actually place it on a map of the room or the building. I mean, we can spread out microphones. Um, I'm not really using board. We're using some uh, very basic microphones because I'm trying to limit the frequencies. Also, I don't want to pick up that from our very basic research. Um, EVPs that we have gotten sort of show them to be in lower frequencies. Right. So if, if I was going to use a regular full-range dynamic microphone, I think I'm going to get a lot of noise if I'm going to be recording up to 20,000 hertz. Right. So we found some very simple amplified microphones that keep it very limited to the voice frequencies. And that's what we're shooting for first. My, my theory, and I'm using it loosely because we're going to have no real basis to it, is that if EVPs are balancing on the cusp between the extremely low frequencies and voice frequencies, maybe they bounce back and forth a little bit. That's maybe why sometimes we hear a disembodied voice. And sometimes we don't hear something, but we pick it up. Maybe that's sometimes the spirits, can I use that loosely, um, can hear us, but sometimes they don't. Maybe because we're bouncing right back and forth around the cusp. Uh, we're, we're both, both worlds balance. Well, I, I'm not. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you, um, do you feel that EVPs are, say, uh, a spirit being in the proximity of a microphone, or do you feel that somehow... Uh, they're actually transmitting an energy to the recording devices, and that's why we're not hearing them. Well, that's that's what we want to find out. Um, right. The best EVP we got, which is one that that's one of the real reasons why that, that keeps us going. I mean, we had it at burial ground. It's on our website, nightparanormal.com. Small burying ground that we went to, and um, there were only three of us there. Uh, we're in the middle of a very small burial ground. There's houses nearby, but not close. Um, I even have aerial views from Google on the website to show, like, we were dead center in this little tiny cemetery. Mm -hmm. And we picked up voices, uh, female voices, and there were no females there. That was very, very appropriate for being exactly where we were located in that cemetery. There was, uh, I can give you a little bit of detail, and then hopefully you can go listen or play it. Um, we were standing on uh, right by a headstone taking pictures, and uh, the person we lived, Vincent Barra, he was the one that was calling me. He's a, a psychic out of Palm Springs, California. Mm -hmm. He comes in once in a while, and he's just great to hang around with, so we decided to take a trip to this burying ground with one of our recorders. So he was taking pictures, and he claimed that he caught some shadow. When you looked at it, it looked, it looked a little like lens flare. There was a big glow in the corner. Mm -hmm. uh, we sort of dismissed it. We tried to reproduce it, couldn't quite reproduce it, but... You know, you can get the maybe fingers in the way of the flash a little bit. But later when we reviewed the recordings, the first thing that freaked me out was as a car was going by, because it's right off of the main road, um, we hear a very simple hello. And it was a female voice, and that freaked me out. And I said, wow, this is pretty cool. 30 seconds later, we got a whole sentence that had the proper cadence of a sentence. It was female. 
it was fairly clear with the headphones on when I, I usually use my daughter who is not really involved in this uh, as as my um, how would I put it she's, she's my analysis software <laughs> she deciphers <laughs> <laughs> she, she pulled out what it said and we, we agreed and it was a woman's voice saying heaven hold them leave them leave them leave them be wow now when we yeah, it's, it's really freaky. It's me chills every time I think about it. Um, when we looked at where we were standing, we were standing, taking a picture right on the headstone. And this, of course, any part of a good investigation, if you can get history and tie it all together, I mean, that, that gives you a lot of gravy. Right. So the headstone we were standing at was a woman named Charity Smith. And she was buried next to her husband, Captain Ori Smith, from the Revolutionary War. This is a cemetery that dated from 1730 through 1860. Next to her are three little headstones of her children. And I'm not sure what age they died at, but we have all the birth dates up on the website. Yeah. And she said, leave them, leave them, leave them be three times. Wow. And it was the, and it was the headstone that we were standing at. I was leaning on it when the picture came up, and we were able to tie together with the time set and all that. And if anybody wants to see that, they can go to nyakparanormal.com. That's N-Y-A-C-K. Yes. Yep. And uh, it's on the palm of bearing and ground. If it wasn't for that instance, I don't even know if we'd still be doing some of this, but that, I have no explanation. I can't sit here and claim that we caught a ghost or a spirit, and we don't know. It could either be residual, it could be intelligent. She could have been telling us, stay away from my kids. Right. Well, that could have been the last thing she said when she buried her last child. We don't know. But it's so freaking appropriate that it freaks us out, Yeah. and we have to find out more. Right. Well, if you don't mind, we'd like to play that uh, Heaven Hold Them clip. No, that's fine. Okay. Let's listen to that now. That's really good. And you can hear me talking, and at the end of the longer version of that, you hear me say, step back. Because that's that's how we knew it happened as we were taking the pictures. Because when we got that shadow, we said, "Well, let's step back and take a better picture." Right. So it, it was all at the same time. Let's and play that again. Okay. That's great. And uh, you have another one that I, I actually really like from this uh, clip. Uh, it's a hello from that cemetery. Yes, that's when we when we. Um, about 30 seconds before this one, we got a whole Okay, let's play that. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Let's play it again. That's awesome. Yeah. And what was interesting is you hear the car going by, um, which is interesting, too, because the, the car was making enough noise that if it was somebody else... You know, somebody said, well, wasn't somebody in the car? Somebody was in the car yelling out hello. You would hear, you know, hello. Right. Mm -hmm. Happens really close to the recorder. Yes. Wow. Um, You can hear it over the sound of the car coming by. We we can't figure it out. So, Mitch, um, now that you're uh, doing this paranormal investigation, are you... Are you more of a believer, or like, were you a skeptic before you started doing this, or how do you feel about that? Uh, we still claim to be skeptics. We have to see it to believe it. Right. I mean, we've been hearing and seeing everybody else's evidence. 
Um, we enjoy it. We love it. It gives us chills also as much as, as ours sometimes. But I really need to, to gather it as data. You know, right. people call it evidence. It's not evidence, really. It's just data. Yeah. Um, until we can prove that consistent findings of this sort means you've got a spirit, it's not really evidence. So we still take a totally skeptical approach. I don't believe anything until I see it, but I can enjoy it. I mean, I, I, I really love this stuff. This stuff is so cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we, we, we want to challenge the current theories. We want to get more information. It's not good enough that that something's captured on paper, on film. We want to know why. Now, do you and, believe... I'm sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, I'm sure everybody else wants to know why, too. We're just hoping that we can come up with some novel ideas that might help us find out. Absolutely. Right. Now, do you believe what you've captured and what perhaps other people are capturing? Do you believe they're disembodied voices? Or do you think there's there could be something else going on that we're not taking into account? And perhaps these aren't ghosts. Maybe... Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's something from a parallel dimension. Who knows? I'm just throwing yeah, that out there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, that's that's the point. Nobody really knows. And and maybe a little bit more careful, uh, trying to develop carefully some theories and testing them, maybe we'll, we'll get a little more insight into that. Um, you know, I hear people saying that they think it's just, it's everything is residual. And then just as the Earth passes through a similar spot that it did, 150 years ago in space, you know, the space and time cross, and you can pick things up. I have no idea. But um, the, the the thoughts that, you know, like when I speak to our, our psychic friend, Vincent, Vincent, uh, he, he feels that we all live in the spirit world. It's all it's all in, in one area. Everybody's intermingling. <clears throat> and it's just every once in a while, either somebody is sensitive or maybe they, they have some stronger ability to cross into our dimension, and that's where you get those little crisscrosses. I, I have no idea. I mean, the, the psychics are very spiritual. I'm not a spiritual person. Um, I These are answers that we're looking for, but I don't think anybody knows. Anybody claims to know the answer, I don't think, I don't think that's true. Mitch, does anybody that you work with know uh, what you do as a hobby? Oh, yeah, they love it. Oh, okay. I was just curious. I've had a couple of coworkers come to one of our. Uh, we, we did an event with Vincent at the Shanley. Uh-huh. A couple of coworkers came. They've uh, they're all excited to hear. Like we we were in uh, Hudson Valley Magazine uh, over the summer, and they all wanted copies. They uh, they enjoy it. They think it's great. They watch the TV shows. A awesome. lot more people out there, I think, are, are at least fascinated by it. Uh huh. Yeah, and you were also uh, someone's written about you in Fate Magazine too recently, right? Yes. Yep. Good. That was exciting. So can you that, tell that's us? That's our, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that, go ahead. That was your what? <laughs> Against my cell phone, every once in a while it cuts out a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, no, not a problem. Yeah, that was uh, that was about the, um, mentioned about some of the equipment that we've been developing. Uh-huh, such um, as a 3D camera? 3D camera. The first thing that we did is we developed, um, we're trying to apply some 3D photography to paranormal investigations. Uh-huh. Um, it's also on the website to, to actually view some of the 3D and use the red and blue glasses. Awesome. But um, a lot more people might have them out there because I think they did a 3D segment on the Grammys, so people may have collected some uh, 3D glasses. Uh, the red and blue glasses would allow you to view the 3D, but you don't have to really view it to see what the advantages are. Right. Um, especially these days with orbs, and I don't want to get anybody upset, but I 
personally, I am 100% against orbs being any form, sort of form of evidence. Yay! I think, <laughs> I think it's a stuff for a fog or whatever. There's no <laughs> way any orbs that I've ever seen in a, in a photograph is paranormal. Right. Um, so the 3D actually helps prove what you're catching. Um, it has to be dust because it shows up very close to the lens when you view it in 3D. At the very least, if you're taking two pictures identical at the same time synchronized, right. if it's the dust that looks like an orb, it's usually very close to the lens. You'll only catch that in one camera. Right. The, the other camera won't get it. And we like to use a dual rig that, that we constructed. Uh-huh. We actually built two rigs. We have uh, They're up on, on the website, too. There's pictures up on the website. Uh, the first rig is two regular cameras that the shutters are tied together, so when you snap one, they both snap together at the same time. That's great. And that's just a regular digital color. The other one is a infrared conversion, and we have uh, we use infrared flash on that, so we can take infrared 3D also. Uh-huh. Uh, again, it's, it's samples on the website. Um, I like using the dual rigs. They recently, Fujifilm just came out. We have that camera, too. It's a real 3D camera, digital. Right. Um, but I prefer to have the two separate cameras because that helps rule out camera anomalies. Right. If you have something screwy, go with one camera. Yeah, you don't want, you know, you want to be able to tell the difference between those. Sometimes the shutter goes out of synchronization or something. That way you can figure out what happens. You mentioned so uh, infrared. On a, on a couple of investigations, and we've caught orbs and disproved the orbs in those pictures. And you'll see examples from the Shanley and Fort Mifflin up on the website. Uh-huh. You mentioned infrared flash. Now, that yes. that camera doesn't give off infrared light, you know, constantly? It's just, a, it's an infrared light flash? Yeah, what I did was I took um, plastic infrared filter and I covered each flash. The, the cameras are infrared conversions. Uh-huh. The uh, been removed and an infrared filter has been put on that, so it's only going to capture infrared light. Okay. So what I did, instead of walking around with the extenders, the IR extenders, which tend to sort of focus the spotlight, right. and they're a little bulky, I took the filter, same filter material that went, over, that went into the lens, and I covered each flash unit on each camera, the strobe, with that same material. I also have an external slave flash that I put, uh, that was a little larger, that I put the filter material on also. So the flashes only emit infrared wavelengths, and of course the camera only captures that. Right. It just it lights up much more even and bright. Uh-huh. Um, much brighter and more evenly than the uh, IR extenders. Wow. And there's, again, the samples up on the website with the IR flash also. That's pretty It worked out a little bit better than I expected. And what's nice is those slave flashes that detect the main camera's flash, they right. look for infrared out of the strobe. So even putting the filter over it still triggers the slave flash. So uh, the dowsing rod rig... Tell us about that. Yeah, that 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 was interesting. That came up uh, that came up out of nowhere one time because I was watching people use dowsing rods, and somebody even made me try it once. And um, it, you know, to me, it's fine if if you have, uh, if you have a sixth sense about you and the dowsing rods uh, work for you, um, you can find water, you can find oil, you can find whatever. Uh-huh. Um, that's fine. I don't believe there's a place for it directly in paranormal investigations, especially when people are trying to apply scientific process to it. Right. Anything that could be directly manipulated by hand is has to be sort of tossed out. Right. So I developed this frame that the that the dowsing rods fit into. It's basically two handles 
uh, with cross pieces holding it. There's a bubble level on it. There's a tripod mount. Uh, you can hold on to the aluminum handles. You can slide your whatever material you like for the for the rods, uh, you know, brass, copper, steel. Slip the rods into those handles, and it could be it's going to be held perfectly steady. Um, you can't you can't manipulate each handle separately. You can't tilt them together to cross. You can't tilt them apart to splay them. They can only be moved in parallel if you can move them at all. Right. Um, if somebody can show me that they can, those rods will move, that they'll channel the energy through them and they move when they're sitting on this, on this rig, that's, that'll be amazing. I'd love to see that. Uh-huh. But I have a feeling we're not going to see it. Now, I'm not disproving that people might have the sense. They can also use this rig to maybe train themselves to, to, if, if they can really sense water and they're just using dowsing rods as indicators, they might be able to train themselves to do away with the indicators and just learn their own sense. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. yeah definitely. Absolutely. So, you know, if, if, if they know for sure, they, they have such a strong feeling that those rods should be crossing now, but that's preventing them from crossing, they need to learn that feeling, and then they might be able to come up with the same thing without actually having rods in their hands. So, so that's what I'm hoping. I, I don't want to, to create these things to try to shun the thousands of the world. I right. want them to embrace it and see if they can actually find a good use for it as a tool. Yeah, it would certainly eliminate uh, possible user error or uh, people believing that it's moving, but they're actually moving it, you know? Yes, exactly. Well, Mitch, tell us about your collaboration with Shannon Sylvia. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Tell us about your collaborations with Shannon Sylvia. Oh, yes, the collaboration with Shannon. Um, first, I think it's an interesting story on how uh, we, act, we met uh, the first time. Um, I'll try to make this make sense because it's a little convoluted. Uh, but getting back to our psychic friend, Vincent, uh, Vincent was doing a couple of radio shows, um, and some people were doing his radio show. Uh, one person that was doing it was Gavin Cromwell, who's now in the U.K. Right. He, he, was, you know, he was in town for a while. Um, Vincent was on Gavin's show, and Gavin was on Vincent's show. We wanted to try to get together as a group just to meet, and it just wasn't happening. Um, Gavin and Shannon were doing a, um, an event together. I forgot if that was up at the Salem or something. I don't remember exactly where. And I was going to try to make it, but I couldn't. And I was trying to bet Vincent that I would actually meet Gavin before he would, even though he's talked to him and been on radio shows. Um, for months with him. Just didn't work out, so I basically lost that bet. Um, one day we were taking my daughter up to farm camp, which is upstate New York, Frost Valley. Uh-huh. Uh, great camp. She loved it. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, we dropped her off, and I convinced my wife to stop at the Shanley on the way back because she never, she's never been there. I said, you got to just stop. We'll stop. We'll say hello. Uh, let's tell them that we're stopping by. He said, great. Sounds great. So we pull up in front, and Sal comes outside. <clears throat> he said, hello, introduce my wife. And he said, you know, Gavin and Shannon are inside. I go, what do you mean? So he says, yeah, Gavin, they came for the weekend just to get some R&R. No, thank going to just hear the rest. So I said, that's amazing. I didn't know they were here. He says, he knows them. I said, wow, what a coincidence. And Sal basically said, nope, it's not a coincidence. There's no coincidence. And Sal believes that it was meant to be. <laughs> so 
cell, but that's cell, you know cell. Yeah. Um, so we went inside, we came down, we chatted, we came off a little bit, we sat around as a group, and we, we, we spoke. And um, we only stayed for a couple hours, had a great conversation. Uh, you know, Jeff Silby was there, Shannon was there. And we sort of left it at that. And we, we chatted a little bit online, but then she came up and emailed me out of the blue one day. She was discussing our 3D rig, and she said that I was able to develop some things. And she came up with the idea of trying to uh, challenge the Ouija board planchette. So she said that she wants something that can measure some pressure. So I said, all right, let me kick around a little bit. And by the end of the day, we came up with an idea, and I told her that I would build her a prototype. Within three days or so, I had a prototype out to her, and she loved it. It worked perfect. So we basically took a a scale and added the planchette to it. And you can, what you do is you turn it on, you put it on your Ouija board, uh, you take a baseline reading, have everybody place their fingers on it, and you try to control what the readout is on the LCD screen. Um, if everybody's touching it, and let's say you set it to about 50 grams, you know, it's going to fluctuate a little bit more. When somebody tries to manipulate it or push it or pull it too hard, the reading fluctuates tremendously. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, again, this is going to add some control to right. the experiment of the Ouija board. That's interesting. So that was a long story that I made even longer. <laughs> no, it's interesting. I mean, it's a good idea. Well, it will hopefully eliminate the person who's trying to spell something out rather than uh, a spirit, maybe. Exactly. So, you know, and if people try it and, and it works and they, and they feel they got the movement and they're getting results, that's great. I mean, we want to hear about it. To, to me, you know, sometimes like some people might take the approach of this is great because it will prove that spirits are moving it. And to me, I, I take the opposite approach and say, well, we'll probably prove that that you have to manipulate it to get it to move. Right. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'm open-minded. I want to see what happens. Right. Just like with the dowsing rods and pendulums, just as well. Exactly. And, and pendulums, I already have something brewing to try to test and control pendulums. Um, and I'm going to speak to somebody who uh, uses pendulums about, I think, early next month. So I'm going to show that to them. And um, maybe I'll be publishing some data on that. So uh, right now we have the dowsing rod rig. Um, I have a few of them out in the field being tested. I want to get feedback. I, I will offer some. I mean, we, Shannon and I, uh, you know, Shannon sells her lasers, uh, her shadow lasers, which are pretty cool. People love them. Um, you know, fills a room with, with Lots of green dots, and hopefully a shadow person will will absorb the green. They've gotten some results with that. Uh, I make tripods for the lasers, and we sell those. Um, we sell the um, highway planchette, but to be honest, we're keeping the cost very low because we'd rather get them out there for people to use. Right. You know, nobody's making a, making a mint on this stuff. And the same thing with the dowsing rod rig. I'll potentially be selling those, but I'm not out there to just sell as many as I can. I'm waiting for some feedback. I've had four or five out in the field for a few months already, and I'm waiting for feedback. We've already made some minor changes to it to make it a little stronger. Right. And um, once I get the final information on that, I'll offer it for people who are interested in using it. I've got a couple, two or three people on a waiting list that are waiting for the results to come in. Um, so we, we want to get it out there. Um, we're going to come up with a few techniques and methods that we can package or sell but we'll certainly put it out there, and we want people to try them and give us feedback. That's hopefully going to come out um, 
in about a month or so. We'll have some ideas out there that we want people to try. Uh-huh. Um, same thing with the pendulum. The thing that I'm, that I'm trying to make to help control the pendulum, um, I think anybody can really pretty much make. So once I get some information out there, I'd like to love to see people try it and give us feedback on it. Great. Well, let me That's ask... The only way- Oh. If, if you want to consider this a field or a community, the only way to advance the community, to advance the field, is to share this information. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you, currently, um, what is your favorite piece of equipment to use during an investigation? I'd have to say our very basic uh, digital voice recorder. That's, you get the most evidence uh, with the audio. Um, do you have a preference, think- a brand preference, or...? Uh, no, right now we're using a very basic, uh, basic Sony digital. Uh, I'd rather get a better one. I know they, they have these 360s out there. They have um, stereo. Right now, I think the simplest, uh, cheapest ones give us a good chance of catching something because I, I think if you get too high end, too, too perfect, I, I think you need a little noise in there. You know what I mean? Right, some internal um, white noise. Yeah, I see the little white, the built-in white noise. Uh, maybe the simple electronics is is um, easier to catch. And again, I don't know where these come from. Hopefully, we'll find out soon. Uh, but that's that's my favorite piece is to have some sort of audio recorder. We usually go with at least two recorders, um, since there's only two of us anyway. It's just my son and I and our team. Right. Um, the second best piece of equipment that I like is a camera, but it's not necessarily to catch paranormal, but just to document what's going on. Right. Um, because these surroundings where you're sitting, where your recorders are set up, um, I think that's very important too. Yeah. Well, speaking of EVPs, we have another one that your group has captured, and this is something you have up on YouTube from Eastern State Penitentiary. Oh yes. Uh, should I just play it and then we'll talk about it? Sure. Okay. Here we go. That's pretty interesting. That it was a woman's voice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that that was interesting. We went to to an event that had way too many people. You know, it was like a taps event. It was yeah. very early on. Um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And uh, you know, you get to walk around Eastern State at night. In the middle of the night is very cool. Whether you get a, you, you capture data or not. Um, that was at the very end, about ten minutes before we wrapped up for the evening, and. I have to admit, I, I don't know if it was a rusty gate or a true EVP. Um, it really sounds like words. Um, gates don't use, didn't really sound that way. We had a couple of, they, they squealed a little bit more. Yeah. And we heard a couple of gates on them. Not many people played with the gates on the, on the cells. So I have no explanation for that. That's up in the air. Was, we put it out there. We were hoping that somebody that was recording at the same time uh, would have contacted us with, with a similar sound. Right. Uh, it, so- it sounds like someone saying, go home. Let me play that again. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. That's what we thought it sounded like. Now, are you sure that wasn't uh, contamination from another investigator? Um, I 
it wasn't it wasn't a person's voice. Everybody was pretty quiet. And the, the problem that we had there was that there were too many people whispering because I think what they didn't want to intrude on other people's, they didn't want to contaminate other people's um, right. sessions. Yeah. Which is sort of a little backwards. Yeah, exactly. But, and nobody, it, it was, it was just it was, it was too loud to be human contamination. But again, I, I a percentage of me has to say that maybe it was just the right gate that somebody opened on a on a jail cell and it sounded like that right you know the only reason i ask that is we've been to uh taps events where there's 300 people investigating it <laughs> and it can be very yeah, difficult we, to do evp yeah it, it could be difficult we had 20 people uh in that wing that was um slow block 11 i think and uh, they were able to keep it down to about 20 people per group yeah. and 100 people there that night. Right. But wow. still, just, just walking around, all that stuff crunching on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just so noisy. Uh, We'd like to go back to it, of course. Yeah, we were just there recently. I think how many, with seven of us were there? Yeah, there was Oh, seven. nice. Yeah, you got to do something like that, you know, get a small group together. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, uh, you have something on your site also. Um, this is something I've captured from time to time, um, where you'll be recording doing EVP, and it sounds like somebody flicks the recorder. Um, let me just play this for the audience. I would like to speak with us, please. Yeah, and then you have another one here. Let me just play this. If you're here with us, can you please make a noise? Very quiet. It doesn't have to be a loud noise. We can hear it. What do you think's going on? <laughs> yeah, you know, that was the strangest thing. We went, um, it was just my son and I. Just the two of us went to the family. There was nobody else there. And we had all our equipment, but we forgot our, vo our voice recorder, so we borrowed Sal's. Um, he had more Olympus. And uh, it happened in two separate rooms, up in Joe's room and in gentlemen's quarters. And when you look at it on Audacity or whatever, that click is off the scale. It sounds like it came from right at the recorder. Mm -hmm. um, when we got home, we tried to reproduce it. The one and only thing that we can do to reproduce that sound was to actually tap the recorder with a metal scissors. Huh. Um, I don't know what that was. It's, it's freaky. It only happened those few times. When we went back the next time to the sham, we bought our own voice recorders. And we have it up on the website, too. We caught very similar clicks, but never before that and never after those two times. And we've had recorders going for hours, and we've never gotten clicks other than, than those two times at the Shanley. And I have heard other people tell me that they've gotten clicks like that on the recorder also. I don't know. Is it maybe Joe's walking up to it and flicking it just to be a pain <laughs> in the butt like he is? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm wondering about that. Um, I You know... The logical side of me says, well, maybe there was a temperature change in the casing of the recorder and there was some movement between the uh, plastic um, case around the recorder and maybe that's what I'm picking up. But um, you hear a lot of people capturing us. I, I don't know what it is. I've caught it several times myself, but it's it's pretty interesting. It, it is interesting. I, I couldn't explain it. I mean, we... We went, uh, I think the first time was, um, I think it was April, 
it, it wasn't it wasn't really you know there wasn't drastic temperature change from outside to inside. Um, right. So although that's a good I like that explanation like the temperature change like the casing expanding or contracting right that's a good one I didn't think of that one I like that <laughs> um, I'll have to try, I'm going to have to go put my recorder in the refrigerator now <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea uh, um, but I, I don't know if there was extremes in temperatures I'm going to have to think about that it's a good one but yeah yeah we caught it twice on two different types of recorders and I have no explanation yeah, you know, before an investigation, sometimes we're out in a cold car, we go in, it's really warm, uh, and other times it's really warm and we go into air conditioning. So uh, whenever this happens, I really got to keep a log of what's going on because I've, I have caught that a few times. I've uh, gotten that on, on uh, video cameras as well. Yeah. Just in the middle of like an eight-hour film, you suddenly hear click. Could be temperature changes. Could be ghosts just flicking your equipment. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's and it's again when, when we caught them the first time, they were off the charts. It was so loud. Wow. Yeah. And it had to be coming right from the recorder. So yeah, if, it, if it's going to be a shift or something popping on the case, that would certainly sound like that. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. No, but it's not. You know, somebody asked the first person that heard that asked, "Well, is it you know mechanical?" The recorder is mechanical. It must have been a gear popping, and I told him, no, it's a digital recorder. Interesting. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to research further. Well, Mitch, we're uh, winding down on time here, but do you have any events or anything uh, coming up that you want everybody to know about? Um, well, we're going to be at, well, tomorrow, uh, which is, you're recording this, so I'm going to be speaking in a local library, which is going to be fun, because I, I don't really get to do that much. Uh-huh. Um, we are going to be attending Phenomenology 102 uh-huh. in um, Gettysburg, and we have some friends who will be down there, so we figured we'd go. Um, there's, in April, um, there's a weekend up in Freetown Forest, up in Massachusetts. Uh, we're going to attend that, too, so if anybody's going to be up there, you can come try to find us. Awesome. And um, when is that? June 5th at Fort Mifflin. There's a camp out uh, with uh, Mass Paranormal and the girls of Fort Mifflin, Jane and Nance, uh-huh, out of okay. power in uh, Pennsylvania. They're putting on a benefit there, so you get to camp out for the night to some investigations in Fort Mifflin. Uh, Fort Mifflin's a really lot of fun to go to also. Yeah, we've been um, there. Also, yeah. if you want to check out uh, NyackParanormal.com and ShannonSylvia.com uh, for, for some of these items that we have up there, uh, just to check out. I'm welcome. I, I welcome collaborations. People have questions. I'm working with a couple of people now. Uh, in Kentucky, up in Massachusetts, on ideas for things that they want to try. Um, sometimes I come up with an idea and I don't have the time to work on it, and somebody else is interested, I'll, I'll help them uh, try to develop some of that. Uh, we have somebody that's going to be working a little bit on 3D also. And uh, I'm open to hear and try anything, or, or if you want to kick some things off of me, I'm happy to sit and talk. This is great stuff. I may have to take you up on that because uh, EVP is my... Uh my bag, so to speak. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Once we get some uh, preliminary uh, data on our experiment that, that we're doing, we're actually going to be doing an experiment at the Shanley. Um, hopefully, we'll be taking that a little bit further, and we'll, uh, we'll ask some people to come by and help us. Excellent, excellent. Yes, and we love the Shanley. And uh, we'll be up there April 17th, so if you're in the area, drop in. Oh, cool. Okay. And, yeah, uh, I know we... Almost cross paths at the Shanley, but we always miss each other. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. Um, <laughs> we got to get together, Sal. There's great things about uh, you and your group. Uh, we love Sal. Well, before we go, I, I have one last question. Um, 
I, I dated a girl years ago, and she was like poetry in motion, but she blinded me with science. Is that possible? <laughs> I figure you're a scientist. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Science can be blinding, let me tell you. <laughs> Never mind. It's just me being silly once again. Thank you. So bizarre. That's fine. You know, this all has to be fun. If this stops being fun, you got to move on to the next topic. Uh, well, uh, Mitch, thank you for joining us, and uh, we hope to cross paths with you real soon. Yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Same here. I'd love to. It's thank you for pleasure. having me on. It's been a pleasure. Keep, keep us updated. Absolutely. I will. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you for joining us. Good night. Good night. You're welcome. Good night. Yeah. Bye. Bye.